Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter here. Welcome to Dubcast. Uh, Michigan State week, right? I mean, when we set yeah. this year up, it was all we were pointing towards Michigan State and then Michigan that this season was going to end uh, with kind of a bomb with those two games back-to-back. Not going to have quite that juice because of what Michigan State is, although we'll talk about that a little later. I'm still, I don't know if it's just those colors or what it is, but I still have a little trepidation about that game. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have any, but I do have a little, my friends. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the Michigan loss. Um, going to talk a little bit about Maryland as well. And Curtis Samuel for the Heisman, which is kind of like my singular push over the next couple of weeks. Although that took a hit, I think, a little bit with the Michigan loss as well. And I'll explain that a little bit later on. Um, also, a little later in the show, I want to we want to talk a little bit about uh, media and where it's going and its role in the presidency. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to get into the whole political stuff. But there's some fascinating things that kind of happen in terms of how things are covered that kind of apply to what we do here at 11 Warriors and kind of where the media is going. I also have a kids basketball story I have to share with you. Oh, good. I, I love kids basketball stories. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so, but I want to start with the playoff because that's been the big topic. I, you know, I started my Cleveland uh, radio Saturday radio show with, uh, which maybe not have been the smartest <laughs> way to do it, but I basically said, look, it's a bad week. There's no good games. There's no good games this week. There's really no reason to pay attention <laughs> this week. <laughs> There's Nailed like it. four games that matter the rest of the way um yeah I wasn't really dialed in on that and then we got the second third and fourth team losing and then after that came complete chaos and it was one of my favorite times on social media was after Michigan had lost as we were all trying to figure out everybody everybody on Twitter I was on Twitter and everyone's trying to figure out like okay what does this mean was this good was this bad oh this was really bad because now Penn State could play in the Big Ten championship game wait what Penn State could play in the you know like that whole (laughs) dialogue was playing out it was the funniest thing. There were several people who would say, like, I guarantee you Ohio State's good. I guarantee you they're in it, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing that I can say about the college football playoff is, with absolute certainty, is that the polls week to week, week, to week mean nothing. So if you're an Ohio State fan and Ohio State's ranked second in the college football playoff poll, it means nothing. So don't use yeah. the phrase, how can they jump us? They're not jumping you. This committee throws the poll out week to week. So get rid of your poll mentality of that a team has to jump you in order to be ranked ahead of you. That's That was proven in 2014, the first year, when Ohio State jumped Baylor and TCU and got into the playoffs. So that forget that. Throw that out. The other thing I would tell you uh, that, that we know for sure is that in the first two years, conference champions have mattered. There have been eight teams that have played in the college football playoff, and all eight have won their conference championship. Now, it's a small sample size, right? We've got two of these things to go off of so there's no reason uh to jump off a bridge there's every reason to believe ohio state will be fine they have an incredible strength of schedule they play in what the committee believes is the strongest conference but for the first the one thing that that you can say with certainty is michigan's loss to iowa means that ohio state does not control its own destiny that's what you can take from it yeah i mean that and that's See, that's what's scary to me because I don't know that let's say Penn State, you know, does the impossible and wins out. I don't think, you know, Ohio State is a shot in that scenario. And in addition to that, I mean, even if Penn State if Penn State wins out and goes to the Big Ten championship and loses, I, that hurts Ohio State as well. So I, I think you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. You've got to come out and I guess just only beat team sixty two to three uh here on out and, and make the same kind of statement that Ohio State made you know, in 2014, uh, when it looked like they weren't, you know, so hot, you know, looking so hot towards the end of the season. Unfortunately, you don't have the advantage in that scenario of being able to go to the Big Ten Championship. But on the other hand, stranger things have happened. Rutgers might come up and bite Penn State in the butt. I don't know. Um, I mean, I kind of know. They're going to play Michigan State, too. So, I mean, that, and I know Michigan State is what they are, but maybe some signs of life, and we know they have talent. 
Right. So, I mean, you can't write anything off at this point, especially with what happened last weekend. I mean, that was completely ridiculous. Um, and, and honestly, it, the one thing that makes me a little sad is that I really wish I could have enjoyed that to the absolute utmost because of the fact that it was so chaotic and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle it going forward because this is a real problem for the playoff committee. Uh, and I, I I completely agree with you that the week to week rankings mean essentially nothing as long no, as your team nothing. Keeps winning. Yeah, as long as your team keeps winning, doesn't matter at all. Um, but the the way this is going to shake out in the last week is going to be really fascinating to watch because it's going to be a really big test of a the fact that you're having four teams. That I think you know if they they screw the pooch on this, there may be like a real big call for an 18 playoff. Whether you think that's a good idea or not, I think people will be upset that. You know, maybe a team like Ohio State, should they win out, you know, maybe, you know, looked over in favor of, like, maybe a Penn State team. Um, which, again, you know, people look at the rankings even when they really necessarily shouldn't. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to work out. And well, now I'm actually fascinated. We were talking about this last week. You know, these games aren't going to be that great, and it's all yeah, kind of right. out. And it's like, now, not anymore. I mean, every single game right now carries a huge amount of weight. I'll tell you where you could get to an eight team, and and this is where the Pac-12 comes into play. Because if they get left out again, they they weren't in the playoff last year, and if they get left out again, and let's just say that Washington were to win out and win the Pac-12 championship, and if you're going to not allow them to get into the playoff with one loss, winning a Power Five conference, and for the second year in a row, you're not going to have that conference in a playoff, then you're going to have a problem. Because I think that's the you need these partners and everybody on that committee. It's just a political thing. Look, they've got friends in places, and they want to represent their friends. And the Pac-12 needs to be involved in this. You know, for this thing to be real, you need the big conferences to buy into it. Right. And if you're gonna if you're gonna not include them, deservedly or not, for a second straight year, I think it's a bit of a red flag. And so that's the cause for concern where Ohio State's concerned. The other part is, if you don't play that last weekend, this committee has shown that it has a very short attention span, and. If Ohio State is not playing that last weekend, and Alabama is, and Clemson is, and Washington is, and the Big Twelve Big Ten Championship is going on, and you're gonna have a you have a tough time staying in the committee's forefront of their mind. I mean, right. I just believe that. Like they pay attention week to week. Nothing really carries over with them. So it's always what have you done for me lately? It like really that. is. So yeah. it's ain't good. That's I mean, I was rooting for Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely, because I mean, number one, I, w- I want the game. I would, I would have loved the game to be number two against number three in the country. I would have loved course, that. Yeah. Um, I would have loved the spectacle of that. And and number two, because I knew that at least if Michigan rolled into Ohio Stadium unbeaten, Ohio State would control its own destiny, and they would be winner you're in situation. Where now, I still think if they win out, there's a even if Penn State does as well, I still think there's a chance that two Big Ten teams will get in. But it's it's not as great of a chance as it was if Michigan rolls into the shoe undefeated. Well, so, and that's where that's where that's people really issue. start after pumping up the Big Ten's the best conference in the you know in the country this year because that's where like it's going to be hard to shake that that uh, stigma that's come with the Big Ten. I mean, I agree. I think the Big Ten is the best conference in the yeah it is. This year, but you have to say that because and I, I'm sure you're going to get guys like you know. Gene Smith and all these other dudes, you know, kind of harping on that towards the end of the year because you've got to convince those committee members that the Big Ten deserves two uh, spots in the college football playoff. That's going to be a hard thing to sell, I think, for a lot of people. Despite what's happening on the field, I think there's still that perception of the Big Ten. Uh, people still don't trust Michigan, right? Like, even yeah. even the fact that they've had a lot of success. 
Uh, and if those two teams that you're going to try to put in there are, let's say, Penn State and Ohio State, Ohio State might be a, an easier sell even than, than Penn State if you're going to try to do that. So I don't really – I just think it's going to be really, really tough, and Ohio State just has to come out and just blow the crap out of both Michigan State and yep. Michigan. And the, the crazy thing would be is Urban's lost, what, like five games? He's like 60, yeah. he's be like <laughs> right. 60 and five or something like that yeah. and will have only played and only won one Big Ten championship. In, yeah. in five years. I mean, that's crazy. That's but the last two years, he's just lost to the wrong team. Right. You, know, you lose at Penn State. I mean, who would have thunk when, when Ohio State lost in Happy Valley that that would be a tiebreaker? I mean, you <laughs> never would have pres- assumed that there would be – presumed there would be any way that that would come back to bite you in some sort of tiebreaker, that Penn State could somehow win out. I mean, there's no way you would have wrapped your head around that. That was not a good Penn State team that we saw that night. No. They put everything together. They hadn't been a good team up until that point in the season. Now, I give James Franklin credit. They've rallied tremendously and although they were terrible against indiana but the odds are that they will win out the regular season they will come they will play in the big 10 championship game i think it's pretty solid um you know so it's going to be them and probably wisconsin and the winner well, of that game a, team a lot of people aren't talking about either but if again that also factors into the conversation let's say wisconsin ends up winning the big 10 championship i mean what are you going to do when it comes to that like that's well I, they're I, going They'll yeah, go. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Their losses are to Ohio State, State to Michigan. That. They beat LSU. They beat Penn State. Wisconsin will go with two losses. Yeah. You'll it's take crazy. them over the highest. I, boy, I don't know. It's crazy. I, I guess the, 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 the moral of the story, kids, is um, if anybody acts like they know what that committee is going to do, they're lying to you. <laughs> right. Because there is no inside information. Unless you're in that room, you have no idea what those what the group of people are going to do when it comes time to make those picks. The other fallout from the Michigan loss. Okay, so during Saturday's game, so I'm a Heisman Trophy voter, have been for seven or eight years. And yeah. one thing that I've always kind of been a champion of in the Heisman is I really try to do the most outstanding player. It, it's so easy to just give it to the best quarterback. And the majority of the time, I've given it to the best quarterback as well. Um, but there have been times when you look and you go, boy, that this kid who's playing linebacker or this kid who's playing this, I voted for Bante Teo. That's not something that's going to get you a lot of applause because of all the <laughs> things that happened about it. But Manti Teo was the best defensive player in college football that year. His team was yeah. undefeated, and he played in the college and they played in the national championship. And he was big in big games. The, the way that I vote on my Heisman is: Are you great when it matters most? How good are you in big games? I don't need to look at. I always take every every guy who's a candidate for the Heisman, and I look at their five toughest games, and I compare how they did in their five toughest games. Because I figure every team in college football plays seven garbage games and five right. tough games. Right. So I judge them on their five toughest games. And the year that I voted for Teo over Manziel, Teo was off the charts in the big games for Notre Dame. I mean, 15 tackles, interceptions for touchdowns. He was incredible. Game-winning interceptions in some cases. He had a huge game against USC. Um, that's actually so that's, what I was going to ask you about then. what is your? Yeah. So is that your most, uh, most unorthodox choice in your time as Eisman voter? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so many of them are pretty no-brainer. Uh, last right. year, I voted for Deshaun Watson because in the big games, he was incredible. Like, Derrick Henry was not on the level, and neither was McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, on the level of, of Deshaun Watson in the big games, he was great. Um, yeah. I don't get moral with it. I voted for Jameis Winston, and I voted for Cam Newton. Um, let me see. Colt McCoy, were, who else have I voted for? Were you eligible to vote when Indomitian Sue was, was in there? I did. I did have Indomitian Sue, and I did vote for Indomitian Sue. Okay. See, yeah. I and I respect that because if I had a vote, that would definitely be who that would have gone yeah. to that year. Yeah, and I specifically did. I did. because of the criteria that you just laid out. Because I will never forget 
Nebraska playing Texas and Indominus Sue just being the entire defense for Nebraska. That was an unbelievable game to watch. That was one of my all time favorite non Ohio yeah. State. Just because yeah, that he was that was maybe the second year I voted was probably that year. So I, anyway, yeah. So I try to find the best player. Anyway, long story short, that's the background of how I vote for the Heisman. And I know you get it right, you get it wrong, but I feel like I can go to bed at night confident in what I'm in what I did based on that criteria that I've come up with. Right. And I'm watching the game on Saturday, and I know there's going to be a candidate for the Midwest, and a couple of things are happening. Uh, number one, they're they're previewing. They they are previewing the oh, Iowa, Michigan game every ten seconds, right? I mean, we're getting a promo <laughs> yeah. for it every ten seconds, and we're not just getting a promo for the game; we're getting a promo of Jabril Peppers, right? Right, all day long. And I'm saying to myself, this this dude is great. Like he's gonna be a great pro, and he's great at Michigan. He's not a Heisman winner. He's not a Heisman Trophy winning defensive player. I would argue Malik Hooker has has been a far better defensive player than Jabril Peppers this year. Peppers played some offense, and he returned a punt and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of greatness of their position, Lee Cooker's been a better safety than Jabril Peppers, and Peppers plays all over. I get it. So that was going on. And then then I said to myself, you know what? There's going to be a Midwest candidate. There's going to be a Midwest candidate for the Heisman Trophy. There always is. Look, no one's going to – Jackson's going to win it by 100 miles. But in terms of who else gets the invite to the downtown athletic club, and I'm watching Curtis Samuel, I'm saying, you know what? That kid might get 1,000, 1,000. He might. And if he does, he, or if he gets close, he should represent the Midwest at the Downtown Athletic Club. Because in my opinion, Curtis Samuel has been the best player for Ohio State this season. He's, he, they're, what they do offensively is predicated on how much he's involved. If he's involved, they're electric. If he's not, they're not. There were a couple games in the middle of the season where they didn't involve him and they looked sluggish. And I'm watching him score three touchdowns against Maryland. I'm saying, you know what? That kid... That kid deserves to get a shot. I mean, if you look at what he's done this year and you look at what he has a chance to do, there's going to be a Midwest candidate. He's electric. He's now returning punts. And I, and at the time, I was saying he's going to have the stage against Michigan and in the Big Ten championship game to shine, right? Yeah. And then Michigan loses. <laughs> and then <laughs> some of the luster comes off that game, and the odds are he's not going to play in a Big Ten championship game, and his chances of making it to New York in the Downtown Athletic Club took a huge, huge hit late Saturday night. Huge hit. So you don't think? I mean, you you wouldn't think that if they were going to go with a Midwestern, you know, pick, they wouldn't look at JT Barrett over him. I think that that's the logical thing for most people to do is to vote because they love quarterbacks. Because they love quarterbacks. My view is that Curtis Samuel is more important to Ohio State's offensive being. J- Curtis, look, any quarterback's more important than a receiver, returner, running back. I get it. Yeah. But if it's the most outstanding player, and that's all my ballot says, it says you will vote for the most outstanding player in college football. Curtis Samuel has routinely been outstanding for Ohio State. JT Barrett this season has been very good, but not outstanding. Right. In my view, he's been really good. But he hasn't been outstanding. I actually think he's, he was better as a sophomore than he is now. Now, more is on his shoulders because, although that was a young team as well, um, but, but, and he was younger. Um, but to me, if I say, if, when I watch Ohio State play and I say, all right, what am I fr- afraid of if I was a defensive coach? I wouldn't be scared of JT Barrett. I'd be scared of Curtis Samuel. I mean, how, yeah, do, we, no, how I mean, do we stop that dude? And so yeah, from a from a talent I, standpoint, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on that. Even from a production standpoint and even from a peak offense standpoint, when when Samuel is great, 
Oh, I just think he's the motor, man. I think he's the, yeah. when they are great, it's because he is involved. And I just don't think JT Barrett's had a fine year. I just don't really more than fine. I mean, fine in the positive sense of fine. I think a lot of times we use fine and people take it as a negative. It's not, it's, it's not negative at all. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's been fine, but he has, to me, Samuel has been the, the engine. And I think when I think of most outstanding player, I just don't think JT Barrett's had a Heisman candidate year. And I think Curtis Samuel has the potential to JT can too. I mean, if he lights up the next couple of weeks, he's both those guys, one of them's going to have a chance. Um, I just think to me watching this team this season, Curtis has been the guy who's been the most outstanding. Here's what I think holds him back. The thing with Heisman candidates and things like that, I mean, Curtis Samuel right now, he's, he's sitting on, I just looked up his stats, he's sitting on about 637 yards rushing, about 750 yards receiving, which by the way, 750 yards receiving is pretty damn good uh, yeah. for a high state receiver or of any kind, you know, H-back, yeah. wide receiver, whatever. Uh, that's pretty impressive. But what holds him back, I think, is the fact that a lot of his big games come against either teams that were a huge blowout or in a loss, because at Penn State, he was very good. Okay, Penn State, yeah. he accounted for, like, I think almost 130 yards, something like that. Um, but his other major, major games were against Bowling Green and then against Nebraska. Nebraska was a marquee game against a, an opponent with a name. You know, I mean, they were yeah. a top, you know, they were a top opponent. Yeah. Uh, but it comes in a blowout. It wasn't, he wasn't the game changer in that game. Like, he has a mediocre game. Ohio State still wins by 50 points. Um, in some cases, they do. I mean, against Oklahoma, I'd have to, I'd have to look. I wonder what he did against Oklahoma. Oklahoma, he had uh, eleven carries for ninety eight yards and then two catches for twenty yards. So he so was a quiet wide. day against Oklahoma. Say again for him, for him, a quiet day against Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So it, again, it's it's not that he's not a great, brilliant player. He absolutely is, but I just don't think that he's captured the national attention. Uh, in terms of like statistics, like you've got to have like a three hundred yard game doing something insane, right? Well, what you have to have is moments. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and I don't have, think people have seen that. The, I think no, probably not. My contention is that they will, or at least when I was making this argument on Saturday afternoon, is that they would. Yeah, but that was predicated on thinking that he would get the Michigan game and the Big Ten championship game, and he's not. Right. Um, right. So it, it, it's not a realistic <laughs> candidacy anymore because of that. Because he's just not. If he doesn't play in the Big Ten championship game, and same would go for JT. Um, and really, either one of them, it would be a charity at this point to invite him it would just be hey we got to have three guys standing up here because yeah. there's nobody <laughs> in all the years the only the, the only guy who i think would have been a bigger landslide would have been cam newton but the only reason cam wasn't is because some people voted the moral vote because of you know his, he, they took money right um but cam newton was the slam dunk i mean you really couldn't there was nobody you could say oh well, i think this guy you know, the, the vote shouldn't have been split. Like, he was so far and away the most superior player in college football that year. It wasn't even close. Put a whole program on his back and did what he did. Um, and I think the same thing is true for Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's going to win this thing by 100,000 miles. I, mean, I don't I even mean, know. He's got over, like, what, 1,300 yards? There's nobody. And the funny thing is they've only beaten two teams with winning records. So it's not yeah. like he's doing this against, you know, the toughest competition in the world. But he's great in the loss to Clemson, too. Um, but he's going to win this thing by 100 miles. I mean, there won't be anybody close to him. So it's really just charity anyway. Um, but I, that's the other fallout of the Michigan loss is now Ohio. the odds are Ohio State won't play in the Big Ten championship game, and that means that either JT, which I'd love to see him get an invite to, um, JT or Curtis or whoever, those guys are not going to be represented at the downtown athletic club. So that you, 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 I just don't think there's enough big moments left. Um, and for Curtis, 
you know, when you were talking about the stats, my whole thing was predicated on him having a shot at a thousand, a thousand. Right. And that's a decent shot if he would have got to play the third game. But now in two games, he's not doing that. He's not going to go for 300 yards in each game um, combined. So, I mean, he's not going to get there at this point. So, you know, that, that's the other, that was the other fallout from the Michigan loss was my, my <laughs> Heisman candidacy. of Root over. It's hard to say. Yeah, really. I don't know who they're going to invite, to be honest with you, because Peppers is out. You know, Peppers yeah. is out, and, and JT and Curtis are long shots. I mean, there's really nobody from this part of the country who, you could, who you're going to be able to send. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do about that. I mean, maybe you throw more of a bone to the, the West Coast and just see, you know, what you can have out there. I mean, I don't even know. Who, I guess you the kid, Jake Browning, I suppose, yeah. would be the – the chance the kid at at, at Washington's going right. to be in the mix a little bit, and um, you know, I don't. Deshaun Watson's like third in the college football in interceptions, so you know, you're not going to probably send him. It's I that's the crazy thing. Like maybe I mean, if you look at it, like I, I agree, like Deshaun Watson has not had the kind of year that people expect him to have. Um, but sometimes people just want a name. I mean, sometimes it's like, hey, we got to get people to tune in, and if well, we know they, everybody's going to go The thing go they Lamar, don't want to do, though, John, is they don't want to embarrass anybody, so they don't want a kid there who ends up sixth in the Heisman voting. Well, yeah. You know, they want to have a pretty good handle on who's going to be there, you know, so right. they can, uh, you know, so you can properly hype it. Oh, well, this year will be very difficult because it's really a one-guy. It's a one-guy show. Um, yeah. It's Sparty this weekend, and this is another thing. You thought you were going to get Sparty, and you were going to get Michigan. You're going to get two games. I am irrationally nervous about this game. <laughs> not that Ohio State will lose, but just because of the way that Michigan State has kicked Ohio State in the collective onions the last couple of years, it's just, I mean, if you think about three national championships taken from you, if you go 98, 13, and 15, uh, you know, certainly 2013 directly, you would have played for it. You would have played Florida State for the national title. Yes. In 2015, absolutely, you would have, you know, you would have been the number one or number two seed and would have been the most talented team in the playoff. And and you think that they took it from you twice. And I remember just I remember vividly being uh in the bowels of Lucas Oil when and walking by as Urban was eating that pizza that became so famous, you know, after they lost to them and just like the fact that they ran that quarterback that Curtis or that uh my boy Carlos Hyde didn't get a touch and it the, the whole thing. I mean just it was like D'Antonio has some sort of voodoo over Urban. He's the only coach to beat him twice, and he's taken so much in the well, last couple it, of years. I I'm just irrationally nervous. Yeah, that was the crazy stat that I saw um, earlier today. So they're they're two and two, obviously, right? Like both yeah. teams, you know, it, since Urban Meyer kind of took over, and I think they're even. I think it's like 104 to 104 over four games between the two teams. Wow, like yeah. that's insane. It is yeah. insane. However, however, I want, I want, I was thinking about this. I want you to do a thought exercise with me real quick. Okay. All right. I'm for so it. What's your, what's your least favorite, um, fast food chain? Burger King. Burger King. Okay. Burger King. All right. So you're, you're walking down the street one day, you're, you're going across a Burger King. You see a dude sitting in uh, one of the booths and he's just this corpulent guy. He's just sweating, dripping down his face. He's just this disgusting person. He's eating a, a Whopper and bits yeah. of lettuce are in his unkempt beard and he, he just looks like this guy that you just don't want to be within 10 feet of that's um, right you you have a a mixture of like pity and disgust that mm-hmm. you just kind of wells up within you and then he stands up and he like he he's he's loosening his belt to make more room for the the curly fries or the hell they have it in yeah okay and then while he's adjusting his shirt uh, a little bit of a sparty 
you know, logo comes up underneath the folds of his fat. Do you do you like shudder internally? Do you go, oh my god, this guy might be a badass secretly? Is this you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what you So in other words, am I scared of ghosts? It's a bad team. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. In other words, am I scared of ghosts? Right. Yeah, I am. In college football, I am because I've seen it. I just have seen it, buddy, too many times. Yeah. Where, where teams rally and and in weird spots. The other thing is, is I respect Mark D'Antonio a great deal. I think he's a tremendous football coach, and I know he has talent. I, I, I haven't followed Michigan State this year, so I don't know why this has happened to them. I don't know why they've lost to Illinois. I don't know why they've lost some of the losses they have. And I'm not, I don't think Ohio State's going to lose. I don't. I, but I do think it'll be closer than the spread. I think the spread's 24. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's going to go up there and Maryland them. I, I don't believe that. And I know that, that O'Connor and Scott played in that game. And I, Malik McDowell, I think he's kind of iffy this week. If, I don't know if anybody knows if he's going to play or not at the time we're taping this podcast. Yeah, I know he wasn't in the yeah. too deep. I know he wasn't in the too deep, so that would be a big deal. But right. look, th- those guys are not going to – they're not going to be in awe of Ohio State. Well, not no. in any way, shape, or form. They beat them last year. O'Connor went to the shoe last year with no experience and beat the most talented Ohio State team, or one of on a very short list of the most talented Ohio State teams ever. He beat them in their backyard with everything on the line, and that Ohio State team knew that all they had to do was beat Michigan State. That was a one-game season last year, and they couldn't do it at home. And Michigan State, a lot of those kids were on the team in 13 that Michigan State took that from them. And so I just it's their Super Bowl. I, I understand the analogy. I'm not scared of ghosts except for in college football. And in college right. football, sometimes I am. Sometimes bad teams rise up in a moment and do things, and they kind of have your number. And I can't explain it. I can't explain why Michigan State – And I mean, I think I can. I think D'Antonio's got a pretty good program. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's a hell of a football coach. And I think that they've had a really weird year, and he fell off a cliff. But I don't think – if you think about – well, Michigan State was ranked. I know they were in the top. I'm pretty sure they were in the top 15 to start the year. Yeah, yeah. That that wasn't nonsense. Like they have talent. Now they've had a terrible year, but they have talent, and and that makes me nervous when you're playing their Super Bowl. It's a season saver for them, right? They can they they can't get oh, to a yeah, bowl game. Well, they can't beat Michigan. They can't do anything. But if they, they can knock off Ohio, Ohio State, State on Senior that would, Day, that would be it. I yeah, mean, that would be their entire year. Ohio State on Senior Day, you've done something. And, so, and I'm yeah, sure I'm nervous about that. Got a thousand tricks up his sleeve to try. It. Like yeah. I'm, I, I know at this point in the season, they like he's not saving those for Penn State. No. Like, yeah, I mean, he he wants to beat Ohio State pretty badly. I, I will say this though, uh, sometimes bad teams lose to Illinois. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I know. So, no, no, I get it. Like it, I understand. I shouldn't be nervous. That, yeah. but at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, College football it. happens, man. It's no, weird. Dude, I, I mean, mean, like Michigan should not have lost to an Iowa team that got housed by Northwestern. Right. Shouldn't have happened. Right. But it happens. I mean, and, and honestly, get... as as glib as I'm being about this, I still have the similar kind of reaction to whenever Ohio State plays Illinois. Uh, yeah. You know, and they own that series. Like Ohio State just completely destroys Illinois. Right. But my last game as a student in the stadium was in 2007. I was a grad student, and it. I remember sucked. that game. It sucked, and I was there. I, I stayed after the game for probably two hours, just contemplating life and how Huge angry I was. And I mean, it happens. It does happen. I the one yeah. thing that gives me a little bit of uh, confidence, I guess, because I'm not a, always a super confident dude. But it's it's a noon game, right? So it's you yeah. don't have one of these hyped up like late night. You Nobody's know, lubed crazy. up. 
So it's a noon game. I feel like Ohio State will probably be a little more hyped for this than, than maybe Michigan State, at least in terms of like, you know, if something else happens during the week or whatnot. Um, I mean, I know Michigan State's going to be really excited to win the game, but in terms of like, I don't know, maybe motivation to like kind of stay in it. I feel like if something goes wrong in the first half for Michigan State, I don't know how they come back from that. If Ohio State jumps out to a lead, forget it. That's that's game over. Yeah, I'm worried about the opposite. I'm worried about Michigan getting a lead and Ohio State playing tight. I just Urban yeah. coach is different against Dino. I just I just don't have and a that's great. A, that's a reasonable fear. I mean, I, I understand, especially with the I young. Know. I mean, I, mean, I watched could... last year when when they just ran JT left and right in the second half, and I'm just going like, does 15 still play here or not? I mean, what in the hell is going on? I mean, it just. It's weird. So, I mean, I'm irrationally nervous about it. Um, yeah. All right. Next thing, a couple of other things before we wrap up. I know we're getting long on time. I want to real quickly, you and I, you know, you're, you have a great background in the media. I've been in the, in the media about every form of it for the last six, geez, since not, late 90s when I was in college. So, um, all, you know, going on 18 years or whatever. And we had one of the most uh, remarkable, shocking things that happened to those of us who prognosticate things last week when Donald Trump was elected president of this country. And there's been a lot of fallout from that about how we misread it, how the polls were wrong. And, you know, a lot of people who voted one way or the other would say, you know, it was a comeuppance or it was whatever. The bottom line is, is those polls were right for a hundred years. I mean, the polling yeah. was the polling. I mean, we, we relied yeah. on that. The other thing though, that jumped out to me was, um, and it's interesting as, as for somebody who worked in traditional news stations and sports talk radio and, and now doing this and doing some stuff, you know, on cable and some other things um, that the I was it was an amazing slap in the face to the newspaper industry. And I'll explain why. Donald Trump had two newspapers endorse him, as anybody who's listened to this podcast who's paid any attention knows. One was Sheldon Adelson's in Las Vegas. and The other one didn't his son-in-law run. I think those are the only yeah, two. something like that. Yeah, it was, it was another family thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a family thing. And a big deal was made out of on all over the news, on every channel, whatever channel you watch on social media, that the Arizona Republic, the Cincinnati Inquirer, the Columbus Dispatch, not only didn't endorse the Republican candidate in many cases for the first time ever, uh, but they basically said, you cannot vote for this person. He's unfit. And nobody listened to them. Right. And it was the most <laughs> stunning. It was something that I always knew was, you know, with newspapers, obviously, like, people just aren't reading them anymore. I still think those people that write for newspapers are brilliant and have a tremendous voice and it's, but it's just mostly going to be done through social media now yep. and online. It's not in terms of grabbing the newspaper and reading an endorsement and then taking that endorsement and contemplating it and then applying it to your life. The people just did not do it. And it's gotta be the first time in an, in, in something of this scope that that's ever happened. That, that the constituents who read those newspapers and who get those newspapers ignored the counsel of the newspaper. And it made me <laughs> contemplate the sway of the medium, which when I got into this business, the newspaper people looked down. I got into broke into this business in television. The newspaper people looked down on the television people that you were prompter jockeys or just a face and you could had no inner, <laughs> you, no thoughts, no brains, blah, blah, blah. You got it all the time. You were a lesser being that, because you weren't working in newspaper. And I'm watching this thing and I'm going, my God. None of them, and, and all of their. Yeah, it was After stunning to me, it, Johnny. Yeah, and it wasn't just like you know a bunch of editorials. It was it was no. constant, constant like saying we don't approve of this guy, etc. It makes you wonder though, like when did they actually lose their cachet with people, right? Because this may just be the the biggest evidence of it, but it might yeah. have happened a decade ago. It might have it happened very well could have. ago. And I, yeah. I just 
it's interesting to me to think like the the evolution of media. I mean, obviously, I'm a social studies oh. teacher, so that's something that I I talk about a lot in my class. And how do people absorb information? How do we process information? How do we determine what information is valuable and what information is not valuable and, and how we prioritize that in our lives? Like those are really important questions to ask. And I think some of the fallout from the election is, is you know, not to make a political statement or anything like that, but I'm just saying people are going to have to really take a serious look at, you know, why do I get the information they get? Why are you listening to this podcast? Why, why is the right. opinion of Johnny Ginter any more valuable than, than of someone else. And I'd like to yeah. think it's because I, you know, I have an articulate opinion and I talk about it, but maybe it's because yeah. you just really love 11 warriors. Right. So I, I just think those are really fascinating questions that are kind of being brought about because of this. And I agree with you. Like it's, it's shocking to me how, you know, I remember when I was a kid, like I read the newspaper every day. I thought it was a big yep. deal in my life. And I was, I was not prepared for how rapidly it would go out of my life. You know what I mean? Oh, it like, fell off my clip. And I'm going to tell yeah. you something, buddy. Local news is coming quick, right for it. Yep. It is coming right for it. That it was shocking to me when I got out of doing local news on a on a, when I get, when I got out of that bubble and I started to ask people, do you watch the news? And nobody did. Yeah. Not local news. They didn't. They weren't staying up till eleven o'clock. Now I would see the ratings. I knew that channel ten would get big numbers and big ratings. But the reality is is the people that were watching that were of an age that are that is escalating quickly. And young people are not consuming it and they're not taking it in. And, yeah. and it's, I'm telling you, television news, local television news is headed the way of the local newspaper and they have not adapted. They have not. Um, and they're going to have to quickly because the, if this election proved anything, it's that people are consuming what they want when they want it. Yes. And they're not, they, they are not influenced by things that do not line up with their beliefs that are in most cases already set. Um, so it was a, it was startling. And yeah, th there's no, when, when you, when I say that, I mean, let's, I mean, this was a candidate that most people would, would acknowledge. I mean, I, he only, he had a, uh, a, a speech prepared to concede. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I think they were shocked, but the, the thing, there were so many ways you could talk about it and you know, this isn't the podcast probably to do it, but the, but the one thing I did want to discuss with you just cause you and I had talked about this previously on the show was just the newspapers and how PD people, consume media and how that has changed so much and i couldn't think of a better example of that than all but well, no, two it's... newspapers in the country yeah not only didn't endorse this guy but vehemently opposed him and he won the way he did right and, and here's the one thing that that kind of concerns me uh, just in general not about like the the election or, or anything like that but I, I was talking to my students today i do this like kind of exhibition thing in my school where we focus on one kind of like topic and they kind of really dive deep into it and do like research and, and field work and things like that and we were talking a little bit about like issues of like research and consent and you know just ideas behind effective reporting and we kind of talked about the daniel holtzclaw piece that came out in sb nation that was just like first of all it was unbelievably long twelve thousand words but it was also mm -hmm. essentially defending uh, the the mentality of the serial rapist, this person who's in jail for 263 years for eight rapes. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to the students, and I was like, look, you know, this obviously was a piece that went horribly awry. It was not vetted correctly by the editors. It, it should never have been published. Mm -hmm. um, but what I was thinking about while I'm teaching this, I'm like, look, you know, thank God that we had people who read through the entire thing and realized how much of anatomy this thing was. Like it was a horrible piece, really poorly constructed. And then I was like, what if people didn't do that? What if pe we stopped 
evaluating this stuff on its own merits and just said, you know what, this is what I want to believe. I want to believe that Daniel Holtzclaw was like, you know, he was railroaded by the system and and, the poor guy just was trying to do good in the NFL and maybe steroids, you know, whatever CTE caused him to do this stuff. Um, I, I, the, the attitude that people have where I'm only going to absorb information that conform, that confirms my worldview is very, very troubling to me because it's so seductive and it's so easy to go, you know what? I want to be right. So I'm going to seek information that proves me right. That scares me. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. That's not, it's not a political stance that I'm taking. I just think people need to personally have the self-confidence to challenge their worldview, even deeply incredibly tightly held worldviews. They have to be able to seek out contrary opinions. Um, and it's, it's so seductive not to, it's so easy for people to confirm and tell you that you're right all the time. And we, we cannot live like that. That is, that is so concerning to me as a teacher. Um, especially when I, you know, I see teenagers who they want to deeply, they want to be right, right. They want to be confident. Mm -hmm. They're growing as people. And when you go out there and maybe they have opinions about race or sexuality or stuff that, that may or may be destructive to them. But if somebody's out there telling them they're right, they're never going to think otherwise because yeah, you're insecure true. enough already as a teenager. And it's, it's so hard to, to self-reflect and go, you know what, maybe I'm full of crap. And it's getting harder and harder for people to do that, I think. I would agree. I would, I would agree on that. I'll save the, uh, I'll save the basketball, uh, little kid basketball story for next week because there's, that'll just be continuing and I'll have more data to go on. Do we have any Ask Us Anythings to wrap up we with, do. my We friend? do have some okay. Ask Us Anythings, which you guys, by the way, uh, can ask us anything by sending us an email to uh, dubcast at 11warriors.com or hit us up on Twitter at 11dubcast. Um, tell you what, let's, I'm not, so Jason uh, Wyatt asked us a, a pretty, extensive question this might take us 20 minutes to answer i'm going to simplify it i appreciate the question jason but uh we're just going to kind of do it this way all right um he wanted to know he wanted us to match up all 14 teams in the big 10 with 14 fast food restaurant chains okay. i'm not going to do that yeah that's too difficult <laughs> uh let's just do two so uh ohio state what do you what do you think matches up well with ohio state? mcdonald's you think mcdonald's just because of yeah. the yeah they're the biggest right they're the biggest yeah. they're the behemoth. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking at it from a business standpoint. I'm not looking sure. at it from quality not of food. Quality. Yeah. Although I still like a Big Mac. I mean, I'll still have a Big Mac. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had one in years, but I would, if somebody gave me one, I'd probably eat it and their fries are great. So yeah. Ohio State's McDonald's. What do you think? Yeah, Ohio State's probably not a lot of artisanal flatbread uh, kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, what about Michigan? What would you think Michigan would, would count for? Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, they'd have to be there. Are they second? I don't know who's second, but yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, they, I, they feel kind of like the second class, you know, I suppose that's a perspective of somebody who covered Ohio state for as long as I did, but they, I mean, to me, the way I always view Burger King is they were trying so hard to be McDonald's. That was my perception of it. I don't know. You know, that's, they, they just were always trying to catch up to McDonald's. And I feel like in the, in the, as long as I've been alive, Michigan's always been trying to catch to Ohio state. Yeah. And I would, I would say this, uh, one thing that people don't really realize i think about fast food the chain with the most franchises in the world is not mcdonald's it's actually subway um so oh, that's because they can put them in a closet oh yeah exactly you yeah put a subway in a closet all you need is that tray right yeah uh, the i other... would say that what is the 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 gold standards i think is chick-fil-a right oh i, I mean i love chick-fil-a um i think it's, it's i don't know if you can beat that from a fast food yeah, in terms of in terms of taste, I'm I'm a big fan of that. With that said, I, I tend to avoid Chick Fil A for other personal Social reasons. reasons. <laughs> but what I will say, right. I will tell you this though: uh, when my sister hell of a chicken here, sandwich. 
Well, yeah. And when my sister got married, uh, I was in the, the wedding party. I was one of the best men. Um, and while we were waiting for the, the wedding to start, they brought out like, I don't know, 10 pounds of Chick-fil-A like nuggets. Yeah. I probably ate about two thirds of that myself. They're that good. Yeah. It's <laughs> like waiting good. for the wedding to start. It was, yeah, it was pretty legit. Good. I also think the biggest thing that's happened in fast food in the last 20 years has been Doritos putting a, making a shell for Taco Bell. <laughs> what a coup. I mean, that's unbelievable to do that. I mean, that is a ridiculous thing to do. To, to, that was yeah. the only thing lacking from Taco Bell was the shell. And then you, right. now you can get it in Doritos. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's pretty brilliant on their part. I really encourage, I, I, I very much appreciate Taco Bell's creativity in doing that kind of stuff because they yeah. love that crap. Well, I think they're ascending from a business standpoint. I think they're doing really well. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah Taco Bell. Yeah, they're, I mean, with I the breakfast stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's been a huge, you know, boon for them. Um, okay, so this one's next uh, from Nick uh, Shark versus Ghost on Twitter. Uh, so I absolutely love the 1916 throwback uniforms. I love the mm-hmm. slate gray helmets. I guess they're kind of grayish. I, I know that was the title. Matt they were black. black. Yeah, yeah, matte black kind of in pants and felt that of all the Ohio State throwbacks, these jerseys best conceptualize the original design. Uh, and he really loved the socks. So what do you, what did you mm-hmm. think of the throwbacks, Bo? I thought they were. I had them like third. Yeah, on, on the all-time, you know, alternate uniform. My favorite uniforms that Ohio State wears are the ones they wore in the championship with the gray sleeves and the black numbers on the shoulders. Those oh, are my favorite. Yeah, one hundred percent. Those should be yeah. the regular uniforms. I don't know why they're not. I, you know, they use them for the big quote big games, but I mean, yeah. they're just beautiful. I, they're the yeah, perfect. To me, I mean, that's the perfect college football uniform. Everything that's yeah. on that uniform, that's the perfect college football uniform. So that's number one. My number two is actually the stormtrooper look. I love the. They wore it at Michigan and they wore it at Penn State in 2014 with the white pants, um, with the metallic silver helmet, with the thick gray, with the thick stripe on the sleeves mm-hmm. and on the helmet. Um, that's my probably my. I love that stormtrooper look. I think that looks really cool. And I think those actually, I think that uniform set would be a you know if they ever wanted to modernize the Ohio State uniform, I think that'd be a nice way to do it. And then I would have this one probably third on the list. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good rank. I mean, the the, the black, I, I freaking love black numbers. I think that's that's so oh, good looking so on those on those uniforms. I, I mean, the on the shoulders and stuff, and just the yeah. way the rest of the uniform looks is incredible. Uh, I liked them a lot. I thought they were pretty good. I you know I, I saw that game in person, so I was got to see them pretty up close. Um, I think they should have continued the stripes on the back. It, it kind of looked weird just having them on the front. It was a little janky. Um, I still like the black uniforms though. I can't I can't let those go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought they were pretty decent, and I hope that honestly, a lot of people hate that they do these. Honestly, I'm I'm down for it. Do it, it once a year. I don't like during the Michigan game, but do it once a year during a night game. Get people hyped up. I, I think it's great. I really yeah. enjoy it. Plus, they print money on it, so oh yeah, they, oh yeah, big. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So this is from Costa. Uh, he was chatting up with his mother today about uh, the upcoming trip to East Lansing, mm-hmm. and we were discussing a stop at Zingerman's in Ann Arbor on the way yeah. back home to Toledo. Mm-hmm. which he says is a must if you go to the game. Yeah. Um, so he knows that you enjoy talking about the Big Ten road trip. So what are yeah. some of the best options here for East Lansing specifically? <sighs> God. I mean, to me, East Lansing felt like day-old bathwater. I mean, it just <laughs> – every time I was there, it was cold. I have a funny story about that, by the way. Coldy, cold and ray, gray and rainy slash snowy. I mean, I just never – I can't even – you know what? The funny thing is, though, is their campus is pretty cool. I, yeah. I thought their campus was nice. It was pretty. It was better than I thought. Um, but we didn't stay anywhere cool. Enough. I mean, we always stayed at like a truck stop, you know, ish, like 
you know, right off mall, the highway, right off the highway place. Like we never stayed like in downtown. So I, you know, Lansing's one of those places I really didn't get to see very much. You know, like I'd been, I've been there twice. Both times we went there, we went to the hotel and then we usually ate it like, honestly, like Fridays or something like that. Cause it was near the hotel. Like the, mm-hmm. we never were able to like go to like a local place and, and find a place to eat because, you know, you got to work till 11 o'clock when I was doing the news. So, I mean, I was working until 1130 and then you get up the next day and you do the game. So there was really no way to do it. I will tell you, they have a great outdoorsy. Um, there's a great like outdoor gear store. I cannot remember cool. the name of it, but, but I got, there's a great outdoor gear store that's right on their campus. That's phenomenal. That had, um, the Arceteric and all sorts of Patagonian stuff that I hadn't seen in Columbus. Um, yeah, you can get all that stuff in Columbus, of course, but uh, some of the styles they had, I hadn't seen. And um, I remember I went there and geared up before the game because I bought a bunch of Patagonia stuff because it was freezing and yeah. I wasn't prepared for it. So I do remember they had a great outdoors shop, like right on their main drag, right by their campus. That's cool. I, and yeah. I, I really like, I mean, I like it when schools have kind of a festival, not, you know, not a necessarily a festival atmosphere, but the, the outdoorsy kind of stuff, the stands, like I'm a big fan of that. I think that's pretty yeah. big baller. Yeah. Uh, Alvin wants to know, does Thad get us to the dance this year? I'll tell you what, this is a, this will be a topic for another podcast in a month. I love Thad Mata. Yeah. Love him as a human being, but that early on this season, that's a tough watch for me, buddy. That is a tough watch. I just, <laughs> they don't, it's just not good basketball. It's not, um, no, I, and it's okay I, to say that, you know, and I don't like, think there's like an end in sight. I kind of feel like it's, this is kind of what it, the program is now. Um, I think they kind of lucked into D'Angelo Russell and it breaks my heart. I just don't know that they're going to get back to those Jared Sullinger, Deshaun Thomas, Aaron Kraft, Will Buford, John Diebler, Dave Lighty, Greg Oden, Mike Connolly years. I just don't, Evan Turner, I just don't know that we're going to get back to that. It's really weird because you thought for a long time, I mean, I thought, I guess, that Thad Mata had a certain like, build to all of his teams right and yeah. it seems like for the past three or four years that just has not been present at all and and it is it's really hard to watch yeah, some of these just, games. just it joined is not it. basketball no it's bad it's bad basketball and it's, yeah it's, i don't really yeah i don't know what they've they've really had some weird choices in recruiting right i mean it's hard this is all hard to, to even come out of my mouth because i love thad so much and i love the guys involved with that coaching staff yeah. That that um, is an incredible human being. He's um, a remarkable human being, and he's the best representative of Ohio State. The yes. best, like you, I could not speak more highly of him. But I just feel like the program's kind of stagnant right now. It is, and so, so to answer your question, Alvin, yes, they're going to the probably the national championship. So <laughs> yeah, they'll probably make the playoff, the the tournament. They'll probably be an eight or nine seed or a ten. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine them any higher than that, though. To be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, just with the talent they have. Yeah. It's it's gonna be rough. Um, okay, so this one's a little weird. Uh, we can we can close it out on this. This is another one from Jason. At the risk of being automotively sexist, uh, I like the way your brain works, Jason. Uh, do you have respect for dudes uh, who uh, choose to drive the convertible version of what are otherwise awesome sports cars? Do I have respect for dudes who drive the convertible version of otherwise awesome sports cars? Correct. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, of course. Like, if you could, first of all, my my favorite car of all time is a Porsche 911, and yeah. I would love to get yeah. one black with tan leather interior and a convertible. So, nice. of course, I would. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't look. I don't know anything about cars at all, like at all. Um, I don't know what he's getting at there. Like, what would be the that's weird? What, what, what every? I mean, most. I guess I don't know. Would there be like a Ford Mustang convertible that he would be referring to? Oh, I'd maybe. To know. I mean, maybe or like that's a Camaro that he doesn't like. I don't know. Like that, I would. I'm going to need him to clarify that. So I got to tell you something. Though. Those are the those are the ask us any anything questions that yeah. I really value and enjoy. Just the ones that leave us completely befuddled yeah. as to way like how your brain works. Because I that's that's kind of how my brain works. Sometimes I'll just spew some insane, crazy yeah. stuff and. Like, why do dogs have wings? Right, I feel like it would be a natural choice for evolution. That's right. Yeah. Look, I mean, I feel like <laughs> if I had a re, if I knew what he was driving at, then I could properly answer that. But like, you know, like if you, right, if you had a Ferrari <laughs> or a Porsche, I mean, and both of those come convertible, like that's pretty badass. Yeah, agree. I mean, here, look, here's how little I know about cars. All right. Um. So I got a new car in uh in April. I got a Honda Civic. Okay. And they did a nice job on the redesign on that, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a used car. It was a new used car, but okay. it was still a nice car. And it had like I've been driving around a 2001 Chevy Cavalier um, for about 15 years, and um, I didn't know like my Cavalier didn't have it didn't have a tape deck, it didn't have a CD player, it had <laughs> AM and FM radio, it had like crank yeah. operated windows <laughs> right so i get into this civic and it's got like a backup camera and bluetooth right. i felt like i was driving a spaceship yeah. like i thought it was the most insane thing i'd ever set foot in and that's right. it just i don't look if a car runs that's great for me <laughs> I'll, i don't care if it's convertible if it's got if it's got like a cd player i'm happy so i'll drive any freaking thing i don't have any compunction about convertible versus no convertible right yeah well i'll have to know what the what he was driving at yeah he he needs to send a clarifying question yeah. that also makes us then, then we'll get the right answer yeah so that is ask us anything right, for buddy. this week um yeah thanks to you guys for writing in and again please continue to send us weird yeah. questions and, and also pertinent questions yeah i like the fast food one too that was a fun one yeah like if, if we're doing this in june and we don't have all, to, all this other stuff to talk about we definitely would i could have done oh that hell yeah we'll go back to we that. could we could have definitely done that uh all right buddy it's michigan week next time we talk and so hopefully my nerves are 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 quickly alleviated this weekend in, in spartyville and uh and we get to the both teams can get to the game without pre without being more scathed than they already right. are by the way thank you i, I did not thank you I, I apologize but thank you for shouting me out on the uh on the tv show last week i really appreciate well, god you did a hell of a job thank you i appreciate that gotcha. yeah that was good to see you buddy yeah i was screaming over uh some some kind of country butt rock there but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I, yeah. thought I, I thought it went pretty well it went, it went right. well it went well my friend all right buddy i'll talk we'll talk next week and uh, it's michigan week so good things to look forward to hell yeah thanks man